listen to that music. It's Tuesday morning. It's a beautiful day no matter where you are. Please be thankful for another amazing day on this planet. I am Jake Albright. This is Caffeine and Covers coming to you live. Our fourth episode. We're starting to finally get into a groove, starting to, you know, get comfortable with this a little bit. And with that, we're gonna have another great show for you, another quick one today. A little 25-30 minute episode. We're gonna review some of the stuff that I saw last night in the NBA, talk about a couple headlines, give you guys some picks for today. I know I didn't do too great yesterday. And then we're gonna give you a little college basketball preview as well, because we've got a doozy of a night tonight. I mean, Dickie V, this is what he's made for tonight, baby. Um, so thank you and welcome to episode four of Caffeine and Covers, starting now. Where to begin? Where to begin? Let's get into it. We had a busy, busy night in the league, both on and off the court. To start today's show, I'm going to bring up the firing of Lloyd Pierce, ex-head coach of the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, He's been their coach, I think, for three years now, or maybe two years. He did a pretty good job. Young guy. I really, you know, he had a Pretty good stuff. He, you know, there was nothing really bad about him as a coach. And so, what I want to talk about today, and, and to get into his firing, is I want to talk about the front office and and how they really screwed over Lloyd and and really just gave him the worst possible situation, put him in the worst possible situation, and didn't give him a chance to even succeed. So, what happened this year with the Hawks? And if you guys haven't been following the Hawks. They had a you know very hyped up offseason, signed a bunch of free agents, uh, Gallinari, Bogdanovich. Uh, you know, we're just throwing money everywhere at people that, you know, weren't necessarily superstars, but were, were high-end free agents that, that were coveted around the market. And so the Hawks just threw them a lot of money and tried to put this team together with uh, it, it felt like a rushed kind of process, you know, where they had been building over the last couple of years with Guerrero there and uh, Reddish and Hunter and, and building a good, solid, stable uh, uh, defensive shooting wings that could surround uh, Trey, because Trey's one of the worst defenders in the league, as we've talked about. And, you know, well, actually, Trey Young is the worst defender in the league. Let me rephrase that. He is the worst defender in the league. Um, so if you're going to win with Trey Young, right, you have to surround him with the best defense possible. And that's what the the Hawks were trying to do. I mean, they had a really good young core of Collins, Collins, Werter, uh, you know, Reddish, like I said, Big O from this year's draft. Even Capella's pretty young. So they were building something, and it seemed like they had a plan until this offseason when I guess, you know, Trey kind of said he was a little unhappy and tired of losing. And so the front office went out and, and tried to, you know, throw, like I said, throw money at people that weren't necessarily worth the money. Um, and they brought in this team, kind of a makeshift group. And while it could work on paper, you know, there's a lot of shooting, a lot of de- defense. It's it's a very spread out modern uh, NBA team. They haven't been healthy. Uh, they haven't been healthy at all this year. I think they've played one game and it was like half of a game at that with their full roster. And so when we bring this back to the coach and the coaching, how is coaching able to, with no preseason, no training camp, able to get this team together that has not been healthy for one single game um, and get this team together and play well. I, I mean, it looked good. And it just, 
one of the most unfair and, and ridiculous firings that I've seen in a long time. It, it just smells fishy to me. It seems like there's something else going on. Maybe, you know, I, there's unhappiness by the players. Uh, but it just, it seems like there's a lot of weird, weird stuff going on with, with that organization to fire their coach after, you know, a couple months into the season. And I just don't get it. So... RIP to Lloyd Pierce. I hope he finds another job. He's a good coach. He seems like a good guy. And the Hawks, man, they've got issues because Trey Young is, is, is uh, I mean, I love his game. I love watching him. I love, you know, he's, he's a great playmaker, great shooter. Obviously, his, his skill is, is undeniable. But, you know, with that, the defense and, and, you know, the shots he does put up sometimes are a little questionable. I mean, it, it, people harp on it all the time, but his defense, his defense, his defense is, is some of the worst in NBA history statistically, if you look at the advanced stats. And I test, it's just, I mean, he's a 6'1 guy who's very, very skinny and doesn't really put much effort on that end of the floor at all. So, you know, it's a double whammy, and, and we see this with the Hawks where they just, they're struggling. They're struggling, and I don't know how they get out of that, um, barring a complete rebuild. So... That would be my opening rant for today's show. Let's move on to some other things real quick. I'm going to talk about two other things from last night in the NBA. The first is marquee matchup I talked about yesterday. LaMelo Ball versus the Portland Trailblazers. And LaMelo Ball did not disappoint. He had 30 points, I think 8 rebounds, 7 assists. It might have been flip-flop there with 7 and 8. But just a special, special performance. Once again, he has been hot over the last couple weeks. If you want to watch LaMelo, just know you're, you're going to tune in for something special. You're going to see something special at least once uh, throughout the course of the game. He's going to make some – I mean, he made a pass last night through, I think, three defenders. It was like a one-handed, just crisp, crisp. It was beautiful. And, you know, for him to be able to see that at 19 years old – we knew he had that type of court vision, but when you, when you throw that into everything else, um, his shooting ability, which is, I mean, it undeniably has impressed every single person this year. I don't think anyone thought that he'd be this consistent and this good-looking of a shooter um, this early in his career with the form that he has and, you know, kind of pushed with two hands. Um, but you look at all, just across the board, what he's putting up, um, you know, turnover rate, is pretty much right where it should be. He's, you know, getting steals and blocks on defense. He's rebounding the ball at an insanely high rate. I mean, he's about as good of a rebounder as James Harden right now. So that should tell you what level of, you know, guard play and uh, where he can get to as a 6'7 playmaking guard. I mean, just all his all-around game can be um, scary. It can be really scary. I tweeted this last night. I think LaMelo is is scary, scary, scary good. And his potential is, I, I think it's limitless. Um, and one of the ways that he can work towards achieving that true potential is increasing his free throw rate. And this is something we see with a lot of scorers. And if you're a basketball player, here's a little hint for you. If you want to get your scoring up, get to the free throw line. Um, this is what James Harden did when he exploded onto the scene. This is why Players go from this is why players go from 25 points a game to 30 points a game or 22 points a game to 27 points a game. And everyone says, how did he do it? What did he do? It's because they get to the free throw line more. If you look at any great score, Kevin Durant, Kobe Bryant, James Harden, they get to the foul line. They get fouled. They attack the basket. 
This does a couple things. It gets the other team in foul trouble. It gets yourself free, easy points without the clock running. And it also shows that you are attacking and being aggressive on the offensive end. And so saying this, LaMelo's free throw late is around league average. So I'm not saying that he doesn't get to the free throw line. You know, he gets to the free throw line about as much as anyone else. But for him to take his game, and if he's already at this elite, almost star level with, you know, statistics and play, if he can take that and add, you know, he's at 24% free throw rate right now. If he can get to, you know, a little higher where, you know, Harden was throughout his career, sky's the limit for him. He's going to be averaging a triple-double, 30 points. I mean, he's going to be the next Harden. He's going to be a superstar in this league. Um, and we see all the intangibles. There's just a couple things he needs to add, maybe mature a little bit, get the shot a little more consistent. And like I said, get to the free throw line. So Lamelo, I think the sky's the limit. I think he's locked up rookie of the year. And I'm so excited for him, man. So that's Lamelo. Last thing I'm going to touch on is James Harden MVP case. Is it time, folks? Is it time we put Harden into the MVP race? If you look at all his major statistics, he is career high in everything but points this year. Um, assists, rebounds, shooting percentage, anything you look at, advanced stats per 36, he's doing it the best he's ever done. He's the most efficient he's ever been this year. He's turning, I mean, everything is just really, really, really astounding across the board. I mean, he's putting up all-time, all-time numbers here. And when you watch him play, the eye test speaks for itself. I mean, he is he's the point guard of this Nets team. Kyrie already said that. And it's just, it's like Harden in, in Houston. I mean, it's crazy that he is so good that no matter what team he is on with the talent that he is, with the, with the talent around him, he fits that talent. He morphs that talent into his style of play. Um, I mean, he's just that good where if, if James Harden is on the court with the ball, he will have the ball in his hands most of the time, and most of the time good things will happen. Um, he's, he's shooting from two at a career high. He's shooting from three at a career high. He's shooting less threes, and very surprisingly for you guys out there that complain about Harden's free throw shooting, he's shooting less free throws than he has since he was starting in Houston and before he really took that big jump. Um, so he's, he's still being aggressive. He's still getting to the line a lot, but you know it's not egregious like it was. He's not really focused on that anymore. He's more focused, it seems like, on playing an all-around game, playmaking for his teammates. I mean, he's just hoping, man. The Brooklyn Nets are hoping you take them any night. It is a lock. It is. You're feeling good. And if they do lose, it's a complete surprise or, you know, some entries happened. So I think Harden definitely should be in the MVP race. I think he should be, you know, maybe not leading, maybe not top three, but his name needs to be mentioned because there's no doubt that he's one of the best players in the league. And... I really think if the Nets didn't make that Harden trade this year and with, with Kevin Durant's entry, they would be in trouble. They would be in trouble. And so Harden has really saved their season in some aspects. Um, and, you know, once they get Kevin Durant back, it's, it's going to be a scary, scary story. Woo! Okay, let's start tonight's slate out by talking Clippers, Celtics, it's the first game of the TNT doubleheader tonight. 
The line opened at, let's see, four for the Clippers. And from a gambling perspective, this is money on the Clippers. Please take the Clippers. Uh, Celtics, as we've talked about, they are a struggle city. They are one of the disappointments of the NBA season. Kemba Walker, I don't know if it's mental, I don't know if it's physical, um, but he needs to figure it out uh, for this team to reach their potential if they're not going to make a major trade at the deadline, which I would be kind of surprised if they didn't, knowing Danny Age and knowing what he, uh, you know, how he's kind of slimy out there with the, with the trade talks. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see some movement from the Celtics. But if we don't, for this team to, to get to where they want to be, it's, it's going to be... It's going to have to be through Kemba finding his, his rhythm on offense and same with Tatum after, you know, post-COVID Tatum has just been really struggling and, and it's sad to see. I mean, it's, we don't know the effects of, of COVID, especially on, on athletes and seeing guys struggle after, you know, they get the virus. It's, it's tough. It's tough. It's a very valid excuse. And we just, uh, you know, we're, we're living in a time and we're playing through this time where we're kind of just gambling on the, on the long-term effects of the health and, and even short-term effects. So with Tatum, hopefully over time, he will get more healthy and he'll get back to himself. And same with Kemba, man. I mean, it's been almost a year now and we need to see, we need to see some sort of, I mean, we've seen glimpses, we've seen some games, especially recently where he's, he's gotten hot, he's, he's looked like old Kemba, but it needs to be consistent. It need, definitely needs to be all playoffs if the Celtics want to go far again. Um, and they've got a great test tonight against the LA Clippers team that is finally healthy. They've got their full lineup back with Batum and Beverly and Leonard and George and Ibaka. And they're looking like that's a, that Clippers team that started the year. I mean, barring a last, you know, last minute absolute choke fest from Kawhi and Paul George. I hate to use the word choke, but I don't really know what else to say. I mean, they went 0 for 9 in the last minute. That's the most misses by, like, anyone in the last 10 years or some crazy thing like that. I mean, just an uncanny performance from those two. Um, Paul George, he's struggled with injuries, and it sucks because he started the year so well, and, you know, he, preseason, he was hyping himself up, saying he's back to MVP Paul George, and he got a lot of slack for that one on, on the internet, and he came out of the year and he backed it up. I mean, he was playing like a fucking MVP candidate. He was playing really well. He was shooting the shit out of the ball. He was averaging 25 points a game. He was assists, rebounds, playing Paul George defense. Um, he was looking like his old self. And to see him get injured again, then to see him struggle, and now everyone's kind of taking notice um, and, and piling on and, and, and making jokes, it, it sucks to see. And, I mean, it's, it's probably not the easiest for that team, but... Again, I mean, dealing with adversity, that team's got to get through adversity. That team's got to battle through, and, and, you know, this is a good test tonight. Can they, can they beat up on a, on a struggling Celtics team that statistically they are much better than um, net rating-wise, just all the, all the advanced statistics, all that analytics stuff. They're, they're a lot better, and, you know, even just skill-wise. Um, if, if Paul George and Kawhi are playing up to their standard, I mean, they're just a they're – a, identical, better version of Brown and Tatum, really. And so it's a great test. It's, it's a great, you know, just matchup. Fun to watch Tatum and Brown versus Kawhi and Paul George. I mean, it's the present versus the future and, and you know, elite guard play. So that's going to be a great game to watch. Like I said, the line opened at four. If I were to lean a direction, I would say the Clippers minus four. I know they're on the road, but... 
they're just a better team. Uh, and the Celtics are, are figuring stuff out. So I like the better team with the better players. Uh, and my numbers are great. So moving on, we got the second marquee matchup of the night, which I wanted to get into. And this one is a doozy. It is the Lakers versus the Phoenix Suns. Um, it's in L.A. The Lakers are getting healthy again. They got Schroeder back. They won a tough game on the you know the other night. Come back and now they're real test against the Phoenix Suns, who secretly are the fourth best team net rating wise um, in the NBA this year. They play you know just very very good basketball. They take a lot of threes. They shoot well. They don't turn the ball over too much. Um, you know, they struggle a little bit with rebounding, but guard play obviously is not a struggle. They, uh, surprisingly pretty damn good on defense and just, uh, just a very good team this year. Um, Chris Paul is, has brought, you know, what he's brought to every single team he's been on to, to the Phoenix Suns locker room. And it's exactly what they needed. They needed that leadership. They needed someone to, to lead them and, and show them how to win games, especially Devin Booker and, and DeAndre Ayton, and we're seeing the role players as well just blossom. It's it's really fun to watch, you know, Cam Johnson and Malachi Bridges, or Mikel Bridges, excuse me, um, play well. I mean, they're shooting well, they're playing good defense, They're uh, the bench is a fun unit. Uh, so this Suns team is, is just a really fun watch, and we're going to get a great test um, against the Lakers team that is the best defensive team in the league by a mile. This team is so good defensively, it hurts. When you watch them, their rotations, the way that LeBron plays the back line, the way that they play screens, attack the point of you know, offense, it's just really, really fun to watch. It is, if you are a basketball nerd, it is, it is defensive perfection, really. I mean, LeBron, and once they get Anthony Davis back, it's game over. Um, on that side, but everything they do, the wings they have, how well connected in the team chemistry they have, it's, it's amazing. Like I was talking, you know, the rotations that, you know, they execute, uh, whether it be through pick and roll, like if, if, you know, someone drops or someone, uh, attacks that pick and roll, the big guy, you see LeBron in the back line of defense, just rotate over to shooters and, it's beautiful. It's really beautiful to watch. They very rarely make mistakes, and, and that's what's going to you know carry this Lakers team uh, through the regular season and honestly the postseason because they can lock your ass up. And then on offense, just give it to LeBron at AD. That's, that's the most unstoppable pick and roll maybe in NBA history. So, uh, sorry, other than Shaq and Kobe, but it's just a very, very good team, and tonight we have a very fun matchup. Suns. Lakers, we got Chris Paul versus LeBron, Banana Boat Boys, uh, super, super fun and exciting, and it's going to be prime time, late night game, the Lakers opened as a one and a half point favorite, once again, I'm going to ride with the favorite here, I'm going to take the Lakers, I'm going to take LeBron, man, I just, at home, uh, they're getting a little momentum, they got Schroeder back, I just think, uh, I think this is kind of a statement game for LeBron here, I think he wants to to show everyone that I'm not out of this, you know, I don't think he cares too much about the MVP race, but I think he just, you know, wants to show everyone that the Lakers are for real, that the Suns are not a threat to them in the Western Conference. People should, you know, stop freaking out here. Um, you know, let's, let's, let's keep going on this Lakers bandwagon. 
So that's that. Um, lastly, I'm going to give my lock of the day or where I'm leaning on my lock of the day. And then we'll wrap up with a little college basketball and that'll be it. So let's go into the lock of the day. Yesterday we hit again with the Brooklyn Nets minus five or we got it down to minus four if you waited a little bit. Um, and man, we kind of got lucky a little bit. Game went into overtime. Probably should have ended with a push if Kyrie makes that layup at the end of the game. But goes into overtime, the better team pulls away. That's what usually happens in overtime. That's why we kind of like overtime a little bit. If it's a you know a close spread like that, you know we can get a little separation with that extra five minutes, especially if you know you're playing the Spurs. You have the best two players on the floor, and Kyrie and Harden. Harden's playing like he has been. Um, I loved it. I love that. So tonight, let's keep this vibe rolling. Let's get to twelve and two, and we are going to take the. We're deciding. We're actually deciding. This is a little tricky tonight. We're deciding between the New York Knicks over the San Antonio Spurs. And the problem is, I don't know if I want to take the Spurs three times in a row. That, you know, for the content-wise and for just the gambling-wise, that's just, uh, you know, that's a little sinny. So, I think I'm going to lean with Denver over Milwaukee, but I'm not gonna release it yet. Please don't take my word for it. Wait till I release it on the Instagram at four o'clock today. I will be choosing between the Knicks over the Spurs or the Nuggets plus seven over the Bucks. I think that line is just a little high. As long as Jokic and Murray are playing, this Denver team is one of the best in the league. The way that Jokic is playing right now is at an all-time level, he is playing out of his mind. And, you know, I, I could see Denver keeping that close, you know, with Milwaukee struggling as well. I could see Denver definitely keeping that close. But we're going to decide. We're going to think about that. We're going to, you know, wait for some injury news, maybe wait for some line movement throughout the day. But make sure to keep an eye on those two games. The Knicks and the Nuggets games, I'm going to be choosing between one of those for the lock of the day. And that is it for NBA talk. We're gonna move on to college basketball. We have a great night tonight. Uh, you know, Dickie V is going to be on one, baby. Illinois, the number four team in the country. Sadly, they are missing their best player, Ayo DeSuma, but they are playing the Michigan Wolverines, and if you guys have not heard or watched the Michigan Wolverines this year, they are the truth. They are arguably, I would say probably, I would put them at number two right now behind Gonzaga um, in the country. They are stacked. They have one of the best big mans in the country, uh, big men in the country, and Hunter Dickinson. They have really good guards. They're veteran. They're deep. They can shoot. They can defend. Jawan Howard is just one of my favorite coaches in the country, and he's doing a stand-up fucking job there in, in Ann Arbor, and we, we're seeing it with the with the Michigan Wolverines being number two in the country. They've lost one game this year, and if it wasn't for a COVID outbreak that you know cost them a couple weeks, we would, you know, we'd probably be talking and putting them in the uh, in the Gonzaga tier maybe. But they have a big game tonight against Illinois. Uh, it's sadly not too, you know, we're not getting the full potential of the game since Illinois' best player and the 
maybe you know one of the best point guards for college, not maybe NBA prospect, but one of the best college point guards in the country, and Io DeSuma. I posted him on the page before, on the Instagram before. He's a closer, he's clutch, he's a shooter, he's a passer, he's a playmaker. He's got everything you want in a point guard. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll be back for the, hopefully, maybe the Big Ten tournament, but he'll definitely be back for March Madness. And we will be seeing, like I've been saying all year, this Illinois team hopefully make a run deep in March. I've been hyping them up all year. If you know me, you know how much I love Io. You can go check, you know, my Twitter early in the year. I was hyping them up. So this Illinois team, one of my favorites. It's a good test for them against Michigan tonight just because, you know, without Iowa, let's see how other people step up. It'll give some, you know, some guys some good good opportunity to, to you know, evolve their game, step up their game, and, and get some much-needed big game experience because over the next few months, or over the next month, this Illinois team is going to be playing in huge games and the lack of experience on this team could be something that comes and catches them in the butt. But, you know, get these, get some of these big games against the number two team in the country out of the way now, and you'll feel a little more comfortable going into March, March Madness. But the second game I want to talk about, it's at 5 p.m. Eastern. This is the marquee matchup of the day. We have the Baylor Bears, top three team in the country. I would put them with Michigan and Baylor on a tier of their own or Michigan and Gonzaga on a tier of their own. This Baylor team is special. They got, you know, cheated last year or, you know, very unlucky last year out of not being able to make a tournament run. They were probably the best team in the country for most of the year last year. And they brought back everyone this year. Um, they have one of the best point guards in the country, Jared Butler, who, like Io, is just solid, solid player. He's not going to screw up. He's a great college point guard. He's a great shooter. And as an NBA prospect, he'll probably, you know, be a very good role player, very good point guard in the, in the league. And so you have, you know, you look at that full roster, you have one of my favorite players in the country, Mark Vital. And if you guys haven't watched him, he is Tony Allen. He is, he's, yeah, I mean, he's kind of Tony Allen reincarnated. Uh, he's just a tank. I mean, you know, P.J. Tucker kind of like a tank defensively who was all over the floor, getting rebounds, getting boards. Um, super fun to watch. And this Baylor team, man, they've got five or six other guys that are really, really good. I mean, they, they, they're a deep, uh, they know each other very well. They have great chemistry. Uh, it's, it's a scary team and Baylor should, should win this game tonight, but it's a very tough test against Huggy Bears, West Virginia Mountaineers. They're currently number six in the country right now. And they're looking really um, good. They, you know, they play that patented press. They make the game, you know, crazy dirty, and it's uh, it's fun to watch. And so this game is just going to be a classic Big Ten matchup, uh, or Big Twelve matchup, excuse me. The Big Twelve this year is is the best conference in the country. I mean, we saw last night they had a you know another top twenty game with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. It just seems like every night there's a top twenty game. The teams are just cannibalizing each other. You got Kansas, West Virginia, Baylor, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I mean, just so much talent. The league is so deep. Uh, I mean, it, it's crazy. It's really fun to watch. And, and the Big 12 and Big 10 have honestly been the highlights of college basketball this year. It's been, you know, the only two conferences really where I feel like we've, we've seen really high-intensity games this year between tournament-tournament-level teams. Like, if you watch that Michigan-Ohio State game, 
last weekend, it was one of the very first games this year in college basketball where I watched it and really felt like this is college basketball, man. This is a real, this is just, whew, this is a dogfight between two teams here that do not like each other and are going to see each other again later down the line. Um, so very, very fun uh, two games tonight. It should be, you know, great test for March. We're just, we're just trying to figure some teams out for March here, get seating locked in. And uh, yeah, man, the last team I want to bring up is my Duke Blue Devils. I'm going to touch on them real quick. They've got a big game tonight. If they can pull that one out against Georgia Tech, I think it is. They'll have a chance to make the tournament, but it's not looking good. I just want you all to know I'm still a fan. I still have my Duke gear. I still root for my team, but it has been a tough year. I'm not going to lie. And uh, I'm, we'll make the tournament. I, I hope I have a little confidence left in us. Um, but thank you guys so much. To recap, uh, I'm leaning the Lakers and the Clippers tonight. So both LA teams um, in those TNT in the TNT doubleheader. And then for my lock of the day, which I'll be releasing on the Instagram, the link is in the bio below uh, later this afternoon. It's going to be either the Knicks over the Spurs or the Nuggets over the Bucks. So thank you very much for tuning in. This has been Caffeine and Covers. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day, people. Run it.